Okay, David. Mike, I think count, counting preseason, this will be your eighth game, but only the second game played on Sunday. Uh, how have you, how have you and the team handled the schedule? And are, are you kind of looking forward to getting to a more normal schedule? We spent a lot of time on scheduling, that's for sure. Um, but. No, this is the traditional, you know, uh, short week after Monday night. Uh, that the good part is it was at home; uh, it was a victory. Uh, but um, today, you know, the biggest change will be the how you practice. You know, obviously you got to be in tune with. You know, these guys are less than forty-eight hours away from playing a game, so uh, we'll do a mock format today. Work on normal D and D. So we had a big block this morning where we reviewed the Philadelphia game. You know, from like eight o'clock to nine o'clock, and then. We're going back through our, our normal you know, Wednesday meetings from 9 to 11. We'll break for lunch. Then we'll do special teams afterwards. And then we'll have a, a later mock practice. And uh, then have just the post meetings for the offense and defense. Uh, how's Nitecki doing? Is he back? Good. Uh, Good. He's, he's here. Yeah, he's, he's here. He's working. So. You picked him to practice at all? Uh, they won't practice today. You know, it's not really practice. I, I, I think he is, um, you know, I would put him in a rehab group tomorrow. Any change with Neil and I? Say again? Any change with Neil and Bradley and I? No change. Yeah, they're both in COVID protocol. Nobody new added to that either? No, we just have two currently in protocol. Uh, circumstances obviously dictated some things, as they do. Um, but when you saw Mike coming out, did you ever envision him? Did you ever have a plan that, hey, this guy could be every down defensive end? Well, we had a, you know, my vision of Micah when he was on the board on draft day was he was an impact player. That, that was the term that we, we, we continued to, you know, speak of him and how we would, you know, utilize him too. So, I mean, if you go back to the spring, you know, we right away put him at Sam on, on the line of scrimmage in base and then played him in sub at the Mike and the Will. So, I mean, I think ideally um, that's the way you like to play him. So, uh, but he's, he's, he's doing an excellent job adjusting uh, with the opportunity that he has right now to play on the line of scrimmage more. So, um, he's doing a lot of really good things. He's impacting games. And most importantly, we've got to make sure we keep giving him those opportunities. Was Clay Matthews a guy that you looked at and said, OK, he can do some of these same things? Or do you not get to that point at, at, when you're thinking of what he can do in the spring? I mean, there's similar abilities. But we, you know, we, we view Clay more outside and then moved inside. I mean, Clay played off the line of scrimmage at USC. Um, but when he was drafted, he was he, he was you know selected as an outside linebacker in a 3-4 scheme as his as his primary position. You know, I, I thought when we moved Clay back to the mic, you know, I thought he was extremely productive where I would I would look at Mike at the you know, starting off the ball and then coming up to the line of scrimmage. So but uh, I, I think clearly for rookies and, and how you you know utilize them in your defense, a very similar approach. I mean you want to make sure those guys have plenty of opportunities to impact the game. The circumstances with injuries actually kind of accelerated where you wanted him to get to as you went along? I mean, as far as versatility and going in and out? I mean, definitely. I mean, just look the way we, you know, the way we repped him in training camp. I think that was obvious. You know, you look at the way how the, you know, all the reps, you know, as far as the different groups we were getting through. I mean, when you get in a training camp, you're in an install 
uh, phase. You're trying to you know make sure you're having many different combinations of offensive, defensive personnel as possible. You're trying to get through. You know your primary, secondary, auxiliary concepts. You know, so make sure your your menus are you know have have the volume that you're looking for, uh, especially in early season football. You, you know we've had two uncommon opponents, you know, in both the Chargers and now the Panthers. So uh, so with that, you have to be flexible and change. And at the end of the day, you want to you want to operate in the concepts that you have a lot of reps in. You know, I, I think just a general philosophy. You know, think of players, not plays, uh, especially in, in in tight spots in a game. Uh, you know, I. You know, it's no secret that the players are more comfortable, uh, you know, with, with play calls or things they have a lot of reps in. So, I mean, it, you just not, don't ever want to get too far away from that. How will this sort of every down rushing experience help him if he gets back to maybe a little bit more of a traditional linebacking role? How would it help him? Um, I, I think it helps because I think it helps on a number of fronts. Um, you know, he, he becomes more versatile in you know in his alignments, uh, you know, with his, his opportunities to, to create matchups. Uh, it definitely helps the other players because you know he hit with his ability to make impact, uh, he's definitely you know a targeting you know in, in indicator as far as what, what the the offenses are looking for. So they're definitely more aware of him. So uh, with that comes the opportunity for the other players to maybe have more one on one opportunities, you know, particularly in rush, because uh, he's been impactful as a rusher on the edge and he'll definitely have the same impact from off the ball and inside. So um, I, I think there's a lot of things that come out of his opportunity of playing on the line of scrimmage. If I can get you to go back in the way back machine here a second with Brady going back to New England. What was that like for you in 2009 when Favre came back? When he came back to Green Bay? Yeah. What was that week like? What do you remember about it? Um, phew. I remember we lost. <laughs> that wasn't very good. But uh, no, I, I think the biggest thing was keeping the focus on the game. You know, for the players. Uh, I, I think just like anything, as a head coach, you you, you just. You want to keep it about the main thing, and the main thing was to win that game. And, and there was obviously a, a, a lot of emotion around that game that you know really had nothing to do with who was going to win and you know who wasn't. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 definitely uh, you know I'm sure it's an, an emotional time for some people. But at the end of the day, you know both teams are here to play and, and win the game. Was that? Were you more conscious of that message that week because of everything, what Brett meant, how long he played up there, and everything like that? More conscious of it? You just say, hey, let's not get caught up in that. I, I would say not really because we actually played them in Minnesota first. So I think that game was more. Uh, there was a lot of you know a lot of energy around that game. I, I, frankly, I think it was a Monday night game too. So, um, but yeah, I, I think by the time we got to the second game, we kind of, you know, my, in my memory serves me right. We were. We're hoping, you know, we're past that, you know, because I mean, they obviously had a, a heck of a football team. You know, they played an NFC Championship game, and you know, we also, you know, we're a playoff team too. So we were just kind of finding our stride there at the end of the year. There were straight plays in the first quarter Sunday where the offense is only in twelve personnel. I'm sorry, I, I missed the first part of it. There were straight plays Sunday in the first quarter where the offense was entirely in twelve personnel. What was um, I guess what's the value of that grouping for you guys being able to do a number of different things into it? Does it allow you some advantages with relates to personnel with the defense? Yeah, I mean we're not deep diving you know too far in the scheme part of it. I, I think any time you know you're in twelve and eleven, you know I've always viewed offense you know it's it conceptually you're you know you're either a you know one back concepts, two back concepts, or or no back concepts. So uh, the beauty of twelve. 
is you still have the ability to really, really focus more in a two-back mindset. And it's not that you have two backs in a backfield. It's a, you know, to run to run the ball with three-man surface or four-man surface type runs. So, you know, it, it puts more stress on the run defense. So, uh, twelve gives you that flexibility. You know, especially with our tight ends. So we we can get in displacement formations. You know, play more one back, but also get into the the, the more compact formations and run the ball. Because you know, at the end of the day. Running a football is uh, a lot easier when you're in a run-pass mode, you know. But there's always times in game where you need to line up and give give your run, you know, give give the um, run blocking unit a chance to get white knuckles and get off the ball and go get it. So, because it's, uh, you know, that there's always times, especially the way we're playing when our production early in games, you know, you want to, you know, be in a four-minute offense and you know you're running it. They know you're running it. That's you know that that's a quality run game. So it's it's the opportunity to get into those those opportunities early in the games that twelve gives you, twelve personnel gives you. What have you seen from Dalton Schultz from where he was when you were reviewing this team when you took over to what he's done since you've been here? Didn't know a whole lot about him, uh, but you know I, I think he's, he was definitely a guy that's uh, very smart, very detailed. You know, always asked. Good, you know, a lot of questions, good questions um, early in the process. Um, so, and it's just, he, you know, his leadership has been growing, you know, with his with his performance. So, um, you know, he had an opportunity last year that, you know, he's uh, has taken full advantage of. You know, I mean, it's, you know, and it's and it's definitely given us, you know, a really good one-two punch with him and Blake. I mean, it's, you know, you, I think teams clearly got to identify how they want to play those two guys because. You know, I think Kellen's and the staff's done a great job conceptually moving those guys around, and um, and that flexibility is something we need. And you know, frankly, it carries over to matchups in the passing game. Looking ahead to Sunday, what stands out about uh, Sam Donald and how they? Working him in his first year in Carolina. Yeah, he looks comfortable. Uh, that's I think that's the first thing that, that I see. You know, obviously I think like anything with a young quarterback that had some tough, tough years. You know, early in New York. You know, statistically you see you see some things that he may struggle with and so forth. And then and then you match it to this year's tape. And I think that's why you got to kind of watch. You got to watch statistics. I mean, I think statistics are their 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 guidelines, and you have to look inside of the guidelines and and study the tape. But uh, he he looks very very comfortable in his Carolina offense. Is three games enough of a universal tape for your defensive coaches, or do they go look at some of the stuff from the Jets? We've been looking at. Yeah, I think you, you get into that the first four or five weeks. Uh, you know, just even when you get into the player profile tapes. You know, we you know last week we had to go back and look at some college tape. You know, the, the beauty of today's NFL. You have the resources to grab tape, you know, from college and pro, and it's all at your fingertips. And you know, our quality control coaches—I I can't say enough about that. We have six guys. We we call it the pit. Just the, the amount of information that those guys pump out, and uh, they do a phenomenal job for our coaching staff and our players. When you look at the athleticism of Carolina's pass rushers and the quick hit off by Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns, what are some of the challenges that they present? Well, I mean, definitely, I think that is a, a snapshot of how they're playing. You know, they're really crowding the ball, getting off on the ball. Uh, you know, there's a lot of activity. I think they do a, a really good job finishing plays. You know, both offensively and defensively. So, uh, you know, it's it's we're treating this game as an uncommon opponent. I think they have what, uh, what eight, nine players that were in this game back in 2018. So, you know, we, we've recognized that, that this is a roster that's changed a lot. And, you know, this is similar to the Chargers 
uh, preparation. So, you know, we're, we just, you know, we're spending more time than you probably in a normal week's flow on, on the video because we got we got to make sure we know these guys and, uh, but they're they're playing with good juice. I mean, I've been impressed with their first three games. The Philly defense was off to a good start coming in here. Carolina comes in with the number one defense. What, what gives you the confidence that your offense can kind of do its thing regardless of? being presented on the other side. Well, I think it's a common mindset you have to have in this league, and it's it's the focus on the things that you do well and and build off of that, but also be you know accountable and cognizant of the things you need to prove on. I mean, it's we had a nice win Monday night, but by no means do we got this thing figured out. There's things we can do better. Uh, we need to we need to stay in cleaner opportunities uh, with our pre-snap operation. Uh, you know, we 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 can finish better, and this is going to be a big challenge. Uh, with the way they're playing, so uh, that's the beauty of this league. It's, it's a, it's a grind every week. So, um, and this, they're on a 10-day schedule, and we're on a short week schedule. So that's all part of the challenge. What's the, can Connor do to clean up the holes? Just not hold. I mean, Say again. What can Connor do to clean up the holes? Other than just not hold? Their technique issues. Well, I, I think in both of his, when you watch the tape, you, 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 it's both times he he got caught with a grab, and the one was, I mean, it was really tight inside. You don't normally get that in there, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna. You know, um, we we coach. Every, you know, every play is graded. You know, everything, every grade is, you know, gets a technical grade, and you know, continue to work on those things. So, you know, based off what the officials saw and so forth, that's I got enough on my plate. <laughs> Going back to what you said about the quality control guys, I'm just curious. As long as you've been around the NFL, do you have more information now than maybe you did in the past, or is it just easier to get that? I would say you have you have more instant information tied to video clearly than you had 20, 30 years ago. I mean, I look back at the 90s. I mean, when you were on Betacam and you had catalog numbers, I mean, it'd take forever just to you know get the catalog numbers onto the video. That was an hour process thing. You had to get that typed in and then just to make a normal flow of cut-ups. You know, where now, I mean, hell, PFF has them out right after the game, so it will plug for them. But it's uh, you know, there's it, you, you're able to get the video. You know, with the with the coaches' tape. So I, I just think the the um, speed of information tied to the video is so much more accessible. And, and I think what it what it really teaches you is you have to have a discipline of what are you actually going to use, you know, because this is definitely the era of football where too much is 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 definitely the challenge as opposed to not enough information in my experience. Were days longer as a coach 20, 30 years from now before the advent of film and all that or is it because you're able to work smarter, not harder, or is it just you're putting in long hours no matter what and it's just more in depth? Or how do you compare how technology has impacted the coach's day? Well, I think if, as I stand up here in front of you, you can see it was a lot harder in the old days. So it's, uh, it, once again, I think you had, you had to work harder to, to get the cut-ups and the teaching tapes and, the, and get it to the level that you were looking for 20 years ago, clearly, where today um, the, the players have instant access to, you know, to what we're giving them too. So I would clearly say it's, Without a doubt, it's it's a lot easier today than it was even 10 years ago. Is the coaches like that the All-22 is so available publicly? Is it, or is that? I mean, because it's so many things. Hey, anything to help the media and the public, man, we're all about it. I mean, I, I don't even know why I would just I should just bring the damn game plan in there and throw it up, and I could get out of here early. So, I mean. Well, that's a no. Oh, man. It's the world we live in. So. Andy? Is it difficult to discipline yourself? Because like you say, you can have information overload. But there's always the thing of, well, maybe if I just watch 30 minutes more, I'll find something I'm not sure about. How do you 
and the staff kind of draw that line on where? I mean, you got to have systems. You're going to have processes. Uh, I think that's you know really the big part of the head coach. I think that's why you spend so much time. I don't think that's why we spend so much time on scheduling uh, expectations of what a meeting looks like, expectations of what a game plan looks like, expectation of how you practice. You know, you have four practice formats. This is exactly what we wanted. Because uh, I just think, like anything, too too much is probably a bigger danger and not enough right now. Just and so, it, but because the reality of it is, it's football, and it, you got it, and you got to keep it that way for the players. I mean, if if we have all this great information, have the greatest cutups and the greatest game plan and the greatest profile tapes and it's slowing the players down then then, then that's an issue you know our, our job is to make the players help them you know play faster and, and see things quicker and and have a, a cleaner process so they can play with great energy and, and you know they're not a step slow we want to be a step faster than our opponent so and and that's what I look that's a big part of my job is you know are, are the meetings the right way or are we conceptually teaching you know we're not rope memory with, with you know because everybody learns different Especially in today's generation, than you know the last generation. So um, that that's a big part of coaching today's athlete. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks,